welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Just about got that out um, because I've had a few drinks. So I've got Beryl Akis, I've got Andy Bell. Um, we're kind of more pre-united than post-Palace at this stage, so we'll probably do the podcast that way. But just to kick us off, because I don't know what you, Beryl, but Andy and I are like pretty canned here. So <laughs> Andy... Your beer lineup and had about eight there. Let's limit it to five. Oh, it's limited to five. Now you're asking me. I almost want you to burrow first because I feel like he's got an answer for this because he's a bit older and he knows his fucking exact fucking limits. Um, I would go for on draft. I would go Bex definitely. I go San Miguel. I go Madrid. It's a brilliant pint. I go Amstel. And then the last one is between, you might have to help me out here. What did I name? I named Stara Praman and named, what else Bex. did I name Dave? Uh, no, I named Bex. I named Bex in before. Um, Stara Praman, um, uh, I don't even know. I'll, I'll just put Stara Praman on the five and then I'll talk over you when you just do yours when I remember. Oh, that's fine. Um, Beryl, five beers. Let's go. By the, by the way, sorry, can I say my shite ones? Three Please shite do. ones. Three, three shite I, ones. Three I will not touch for love nor money. Kurz, Carling, and I'll think about my third one. It's a strong two. I'm fairly sure that the three has got to be tenants. No, I don't mind tenants, you know. You're a disgusting little bastard. Mm. All right. <laughs> you all... know what? Actually, when we went to San Marino in 2016 for the World Cup <laughs> qualifier, went away. It's the only away Northern Ireland game I've ever done. And that this thing called Tenant Super, which was nine percent, yeah, and it may have tasted tea. like shite, but it gives the best night we've ever had. It was yeah. fucking rocket fuel. Super tea can be aligned with Carlsberg Special Brew. Um, they're pretty much the same thing. If anybody's ever had that, if you haven't, do yourself a favor and don't. Um, <laughs> it's like literally like treacle. It's uh, you could chew it. Um, absolutely awful. Barrel five. Five beer. You're not really a beer drinker, are you, Daryl? I'm not really a beer drinker, but I, I, I like um, I, I like Grolsch. Grolsch is nice. Uh, yep. Um, you know, if I, I can, think, I'm cultured I, enough to know what the fuck that is. <laughs> oh, you need to find out. Uh, Jever, that's, that's a German beer. It's uh, from the the north of Germany. I like Wasteiner. Also German. I think I had that the other night, Beryl. Is it five point four percent or something? I, I I really wouldn't know. Is it Weierstanner? Weierstanner. W-A-R-S-T-A-E-A-I-N-E-R. No, that's not what I had the other night. I will find okay. that out, though. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, uh, F.S. Pilsen. You know, on a very hot Turkish day, you go to a, a Turkish beer garden and uh, they, they, they serve these ice cold fs pilsen and and the, the 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 second that you put down your your empty glass it it gets you know snatched away and 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 a full one will 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 very soon be uh, you know in front of you uh and um the last one would be uh from amsterdam um uh there's this draft beer called i beer and i is I-J and they have lots of uh, different beers and I do like them 
Beryl, I will. I have I haven't heard of any of those five, but I will come <laughs> and, and drink all of them happily. Um, the the beer that I had the other night for the first time is Weihenstein, Stefan. And um, oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a white one. It's it's uh, there's some uh, what's it called? Uh, what did they they put something in it? Uh, you know the, the stuff you make. Uh, Dough. That's the word that I was. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't think it was dough, but it had me radar stuff after about three of them. And to be fair, just played football. Um, but that that was a belter. Baltic Fleet in Liverpool, by the way, which I thought was a proper Tory pub, but no, it's actually dead sound. <laughs> um, so that that's my one. Dave, go ahead. This is hard. Um, yeah, it is. Which is why I don't know why you give me so much abuse for my like fucking four or five. Well. Okay, so Bex was the main, the main. Oh, Bex was the main. The, yeah, that was the main issue there. It was, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I, I can't. It's horrendous. So Heineken's my third ship one, by the way. Oh, Heineken's all right. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, Heineken's no. no. Heineken. What are your ship ones before we do Dave's all in one? No, Heineken would be one of them. And but you, the you also said you said I'm still. Uh, I, I, I oh, don't. you think I'm still shite? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I know. And the th- third one. I wouldn't know. Um, you know, uh, most of them are shite. Let, let's put it that way. Yes. So, but uh, Tuborg. I don't like Tuborg. Hmm. Mm, that's a that's a throwback for me. Okay. So I'll give you. I'll give you. Was it Kurz? You agreed with me on Pearl or Carling or one Kurs of the three? Even never, never had any any of those. I, I, no, I, I also I also like a Guinness. But you know, every no, okay. Okay. So you, you bring me to my number one, which is oh, Guinness. Guinness. Guinness is a number one. But you absolutely. don't live in Liverpool, Dave, where it's absolutely shite. Yeah, it's not work. great. It's not great. Guinness is as good as Guinness is is as good as often it's drunk in a bar. If it's drunk, if it's drank frequently, um, and the pipes are constantly going, it can be great. But in most places other than Ireland, it's not, which is why it's so brutal. And by the way, just before you do the rest of your five, I'm obviously, you guys come over to the game every now and again, ever since I've lived here, I've been able to get the game quite a lot. Don't get a pint of Guinness anywhere fucking near the ground. It's horrific. Yeah, I got a pint of Guinness in Rome for the crack, and it was a bad, bad decision. Um, Second on the list is Carlsberg, because... For your shite or your good? No, the good. Mm. Yeah, I, well, whenever whenever I first started drinking, because I'm way older than um, you anyway, um, in the local, all you could get was uh, Bass, Guinness, Smithwick's, Harp, or Carsberg. And I wasn't drinking the fucking Harp, and at that point I didn't drink Guinness. So, yeah, um, I, I love a Moretti, particularly out of the bottle. Mm. It doesn't, it's not on draft in loads of places in Belfast. Peroni's all right. Yeah. And yeah, I really like a Heverly, but it gives me yeah, an agreed. awful, awful banging headache hangover the next day. So I kind of stay away from it. On Irish Lagers, Rock Shore is all right as well, isn't it? Brutal piss water. It's the Irish really? equivalent to Coors. Oh, I don't know. So I, I think, I used to think Cardsburg was a bit like that, but because it's the only real thing you get in the ground quickly at Anfield, I've grown to sort of like it. I kind of think like all alcoholic drinks are an acquired taste. And because people are probably getting well bored of this now, <laughs> um, let's go to an acquired taste, which is 
Um, I tried to segue something in there and I couldn't think of anything. So let's just uh, start. Which right. is Jordan Henderson. He's an acquired taste in this that, podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Or he James. didn't fucking play the last game. So that, good luck. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll replace him with James Milner, which is probably as good yep. an equipment as you can find. So listen, Andy, let's start. Um, yeah. I, let, see, before we even go to the result, holy Jesus, Joseph and Mary and the wee donkey, what a fucking goal that was. People, like I'm fed up with this Oh, oh, Liverpool are missing somebody, Mane. Oh, and pictures yeah. of Mane with his barn shirt and shit like that. Well, lads, like, to be honest, if you think about it, and if you have any kind of understanding of Liverpool's transfer process, and just read stuff every now and again, Luis Diaz is Sergio Mane's replacement. Um, he was meant to be signed this summer. Spurs moved for him in January, which forced our hand. Which, to be fair, we went, we did what we do, we locked it down, and he's been exciting. People were kind of starting to question, can he get the same numbers, blah, blah, blah. You had the, well, you know, his, his, his statistics are kind of the same, and eventually it'll click for him. But, like, like barring Mane's first goal for Liverpool away at Arsenal. Yeah. You know, that rivals it, doesn't it? Uh, it? It's actually one of the best. Like, it it won't go down in this because we always talk about this in the context of the end result. But it is one of the best goals you will ever see at Anfield. Um, and I don't know. I haven't watched it back. And I was a bit waved at the time. But it was genuinely beautiful. I, um, I I've watched it back about a hundred times. I haven't watched it back. I just wanted to be like it was in my head. And in my head, he skins about five of them and wangs one in the bottom corner. And I don't want the actual replay to tell me the truth, Dave. No, it is five. And I've, I've watched it that much and listened to the commentary that much after I got home from watching it in the pub with uh, with Chief and Johnny that um, Alan Smith goes, like, look at that. He's beat, about, he's beat about five of them there. And he had literally beaten five players. It's 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 an outrageous goal. I'm gonna look it back before um before Burrell chats as well and before you chat. Um, I'm I'll, I'll tell a story which I, I told you guys in the pre-pod where basically my 82 year old granddad was over for the first time in the game and I'll, I'll spare you the sort of details of it. But he's uh he he can't really he can't really stand up and he uh, you know Wayne needed to get him down to the ground early so he could sit down and not queue for ages and get him in his seat early. Blah blah blah. All of this. And basically, he has some really archaic views about football. Now, he's not racist or any of that nonsense, or no more than an 82-year-old Northern Irish granddad you'd expect him to be. But one of his archaic views in football, and it winds me up when I'm watching it on the telly with him every time he came around on the Sunday or whatever, was he get really annoyed about like walking the ball into the net in, in the way the sort of IT crowd joke about Arsenal would be. They always try and walk it in. So he hated like teeing each other up and he always used a, a Derek Reardon for, for Hibernian. Uh, his goal against Rangers, we scores from the halfway line. He's like he, half joking. He says they're the only goals you should count. Basically the ones where you've, you've twatted it in from like 30 yards. And, you know, we can all basically, um, you know, talk about how 
well, we know the stats. We know that if you if you work it into a better position, you must better chance of scoring. Blah blah blah. But he doesn't understand that, right? And he's never going to understand it. So you stop trying at some point. And he was at Anfield for the first time in his life, a massive red. And that's the way he thinks about it. And the fact that he got to see that Diaz goal, where the only goal he will ever see at Anfield probably was somebody beating five players and twatting it in from 25 yards makes me so, so happy <laughs> because he will never, you know, I can picture a better goal in my head. You just can all picture, picture your perfect goal in your head. But that goal for my granddad is the best goal he will ever see. And it's amazing the way that happened. On a serious note on Diaz, um, I th- I have this sort of theory that I've, I've sort of come to this season where when you talk about hold-up play, you always talk about like a big striker holding up the ball and bringing others into play. And that's maybe what it would have been 10 years ago. But I actually think one of the traits of an elite winger, because any quick winger with a bit of skill, with a bit of space to run into, can beat a man and get a cross in. Okay, and anyone can look good in that scenario, but realistically, in that scenario, you don't get that scenario very much when you're playing for Liverpool because people are, are packed back and they're worried about the counter. And I think one of the, the traits of an elite winger is hold-up play and looking after the ball. And I think Salah is the best in the world at it. I think he's the best I've ever seen at it, actually. And one of the frustrating things I have about Diaz is he's a little bit too profligate with it. So he, tr- he tried five dribbles the other night. He completed two. And the three... Uh, I'm not sure if they were the exact numbers actually, but the three, you know, were very frustrating. It's we'd worked our way up and then all of a sudden there was a throw in or there was a break and play for the other team, which is what they want. And I think he slightly needs to learn that in a Liverpool shirt. How to look after the ball, how to, you know, how to win a foul, win a throw in or whatever. And maybe, you know, not dribble and try and take somebody on every single time like you would have been able to do at Porto because the Portuguese league is shite. And I think he needs to learn that slightly. That said, the magic is there the magic is unbelievable and when i when i look at it and when i compare it to sadio mane and sadio mane got a little bit more central than him got a few more goals on him and i know last season he got 16 goals and you know diaz would do very very well to, to match that i feel um but uh, and uh, but i think that the goals will come for diaz and the numbers will come for diaz but in Portugal, he got 17 goals last season and he's not changed as a player you know he was a brilliant player on the eye in portugal and he got the numbers in Portugal. He's a brilliant player in the eye in England, and he hasn't turned into a player who can't get the numbers in England. They will come, I promise you. Yeah, and then just on that, like if you if you think about it, um, it's one goal in in two games, um, and against Fulham, you know, he's one disallowed, which yeah, it's miles off time. Beautiful. It's a wonderful finish. So indeed, can- so so Manny scored so many shit goals. Yeah, and Salah at the start scored so many shit goals. He needs to learn how to score a shit goal because they all look amazing. And even the one that hit the post against Fulham, how so, good would that have been? Yeah, so there's one that hits the post, but there's also the one that that um, Darwin knocks down to him, and it's yes. locked off the line. Those are the shit goals you're talking about. Exactly. So he's really unlucky not to have at least two, if not three, goals in the first two games. Yes. So yeah, I think the numbers will come as far as. His, physicality is concerned Beryl, you know he probably won't be able to do that hold up play, like I've talked about this before the big pump up the pitch that Mane just takes down in his chest and manages to turn into, we talked about in pre-pod, this, the tiny miniature 
DDA Drogba, you know, an Ant-Man like shrinks down like really small, but is like twice as strong or like a million times as strong, like that. Um, but Diaz isn't isn't that shape. He's not that physicality. But what he has is this this bandy. I think Chief described it the other night was like the Garincha kind of bendy legs. You know where you can almost you know like a skier doing the slalom. Um, ducking his shoulders and weaving his body between players like he did for the goal and he's not going to be a like for like money replacement but like I genuinely believe he can he, he can be as equal to Mane in terms of being a match winner yeah th- th- there's no denying that I, I, I think um, you know, when we look at this particular match I, I thought in the first half he was uh, I, you know, Andy said he, he he dribbles too much, but I, I thought he dribbled too little, and he was he was uh, way too close to the to the to the um, to the midfield and and not far uh, up ahead. But you know that had to do with the fact that Crystal Palace played with with five defenders and and with probably with the fact that Andy Robertson didn't um, overlap him, but just underlapped him. And you know, I don't think Andy Robertson uh, thought of that himself. So that probably a matter of tactics. Um, but you know, uh, I, I don't need Andy Robertson to to, to show up uh, in front of goal because uh, we know he he won't score a lot of goals. But um, what he needs to do is, is 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 draw the attention and 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 be an outlet for for uh, you know. Uh, like he was for Sadio Mane, and and uh, he should be for Luis Diaz. But you know, again, uh, I think Andy Robertson doesn't make up his own tactics. Uh, on the other hand, Andy Robertson w- was subbed, which probably means that he he was carrying some sort of fitness issue, uh, as well as probably twelve others uh, on the pitch. Yeah, um, see, and- see, just uh, barrel on like. Mm-hmm. You talked about like, uh, Diaz being a bit too, too close to a touchdown, dropping in the midfield. Like, right before Nunez gets sent off, I was ready for hooking him. I think he passes the ball out of play and he clips one up the line straight out of play. And I'm talking to Johnny and Chief and I'm like, I'm, I'm hooking Diaz now. And honestly, the first thing that popped into my head, and we all talked about it after Nunez gets sent off, was... That means you can't take Diaz off now. We we literally said that because he was playing that badly, and then four minutes later or three minutes later or something, bam, he he does that. Can I can I just uh, chime in, Burrell? Like I completely agree with what you're saying about the dribbles, and I think he should dribble more. And this was the argument I made to Jay in the previous podcast. Hi Jay, for listening. I'm going to praise Anderson now. Um, basically. People who detract from Henderson talk about the, the past completion stats and they say that basically Henderson's is much lower than like Thiago's and, uh, and Fabinho's. And one of the quotes I always say about this is Stephen Gerrard once came out and said, basically, I can go out and have 100% pass completion or I can actually make something happen. And I feel like Klopp is telling Henderson he has a little bit more license to lose the ball from trying those percentage diagonals than other people do. And, and I see lose the ball. And boy, does he look, yeah, he, he absolutely does. But also, you know, if, if 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 Henderson pings a ball to the corner towards Salah and, you know, a, a defender heads it out on the touchline, that doesn't give Henderson any stats, but it also massively benefits us. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, you look at those stats and you say, like, 
two successful dribbles, six unsuccessful ones or whatever it is. But one of the two successful ones results in one of the best goals you'll ever see. So I think Diaz has a little bit more license to lose it there. And I don't know if I'm being ultra critical and saying that he should look after it a bit better the way Salah does. I don't know. No, I don't know what Dave was 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 uh, was saying, but um, no, 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 I was thinking of piss. <laughs> no, but I I I, I would say um, he he wasn't that good in the first half. And oh yeah, I, I remember what, uh, what what Dave was saying. Yeah, I, I was ready to, to 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 get him hooked as well. Um, yeah, I was saying he was absolutely shite, and and then he and then he just pulls an absolute rabbit out of a hat. By yeah, the way, and, dig, dig, dig and quick, think, Dave, just yeah. when you're just when you're talking about the physicality, there's a couple of moments that stick out in my head. I don't think that's the difference between him and Mane. Because there's one moment in the Champions League final where he holds somebody off in the most outrageous position of a diagonal ping to him, and he holds somebody off and he retains the ball and he does it again Monday night. I don't think physicality is an issue. I think it's like a a positional thing where I swear if I've, and I've not looked at it, but I swear if you looked at the average position of Diaz compared to Mane last season. Diaz would be a lot more wide, and therefore, you know, you're going to get less number. But you know, we also have to take into account that you know uh, Sadio Mane played for us for how many years? Five, six years, and uh, he 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 learned to play that role. And 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 Sadio Mane is a is a highly intelligent player who, um, before Salah came, always played on the right wing. Uh, and then Salah came, and he needed to adapt to the to the to the left wing, and and he did, and and you know he he mastered, it, uh, and and that's why he he will be, I think, very successful at, at Bayern. But um, I, I don't, I, I'm 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 really confident that Luis Diaz will be a, a very successful player to us, and 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 yeah, you know, comparisons are. Inevitable, but uh, I hope they will, you know, not be as 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 relevant, uh, you know, in 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 coming weeks or or months, because you know this is the player that we have, and I think it's a very uh, exciting player because um, I haven't seen play uh, Gorincha play, um, and maybe uh, you know it's a better comparison than that than I have. Uh, uh, but he he reminds me of, of Ronaldinho, you know, but um, uh, just a slightly. Uh, I I I wasn't a big fan of Ronaldinho. I I you know I appreciated that he was a a, a very good player and a very you know his his technical ability was uh, unparalleled at the time. At, at, you know, um, at, certainly, but. Um, it, a, a bit much of a, of a circus horse for me, uh, and but uh, uh, what Diaz does is 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 functional, I think. And I th- I I wanted to see more of that, and I I didn't see it in the first half, and 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 I think it is striking that he was freed up from his 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 tactical uh, chores, the things that he needed to do because we told him to do, uh, but everything you know. Um, Changed when when Darwin Nunez was sent off, and he, I, you know, in, in my mind, he had more freedom to do what he does best, and that's probably why we we thought he, he was such a success. Just you know, when, when he came in as 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 a new transfer, and, uh, and and it looked like he didn't need any time to to, to bed in. Uh, maybe he is struggling with the, with the things that he needs to do, 
but uh, you know, when when Darwin Nunez came off, he he could um, fill it in um, just as he th- thought he needed to do, and and maybe that's why he 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 did that dri- dribble, and it was it was magnificent, as just as the, the both of you said. Um, I don't know if it were five players or more, but um, you know, I would count Anderson uh, as well. And it was a magnificent goal. And uh, yeah, I wish it were a winner, but um, uh, as a goal uh, per se, in a vacuum, it was a magnificent goal. Yeah, Andy, you know, they're all but, sorry. Can I? Can I? Sorry, I thought it was. I thought it was unmuted there. Can I just say it's exactly like the Salah goal against City last season. And exactly like the city, uh, the Salah goal against Spurs that year where Kane gets the ridiculous equaliser because John Moss was a tit. It's a goal that should win a football game. <laughs> yeah. Know? Or you can throw this storage goal in the Europa League final in there as well. Um, Completely. Completely. So, listen, Beryl touches on a point there. Um, I, I've been conflicted about this, that we seem to be sparked when, when Nunez went off. Um is it because the crowd got really up? Is it because Diaz decided to take the game by the scruff of the neck? Is it because the team galvanized, galvanized themselves? Or is it just because it was kind of last ditch desperation and um, Diaz thought, I've, I've come through these three, I'll beat him, I want to get the shot away, I'm going to go again, I've just hit it. Because it's so quickly after the goal. So, or after the sending off, sorry. So, I find it difficult to kind of separate the two to say we started playing better after the sending off because of the sending off, or was it coincidence because the goal out of nowhere came shortly afterwards? The argument is now, first of all, we'll not go into the fact that you run around social media demanding apologies of <laughs> t- t- 23 year old <laughs> professional footballers, but, but, but yeah, you know. It's it's a concern for me. Um, I felt really churlish and childish the other week in, in the chat. Mentioning, I I think that I think I'm worried that that Nunez might be a bit of a cabbage, and yeah, Johnny Henderson <laughs> shot me down right away and was like, "Well, if we've signed him, he's probably not." Well, that's a worry because Johnny Henderson thought Emery Chan was brilliant, and I don't know if that's in the pre, in the pod or the pre pod, but. It's in the pre-port. I'm not we certainly agree on that. <laughs> I was right on that one. Yes, you it's were. not often that happens, but that is one I'll take to my grave. But um, what he said was that like if we signed him, like, he's probably he's probably brilliant, and he's probably right because th- who's to argue with that? But you know, I thought he was I thought he was untidy. He has three good chances, which. The big concern for me is he doesn't even, he strikes them awfully. The first one, he just literally slices up in the air um, at the back post. The second one, um, the defender might get a wee toe on it, which makes it harder, which is fine. It hits the post. The third one, again, awful connection. And he's in his own head and he gets himself sent off because he's in it. It's not because, like, let's be honest, it's not because, oh, you know, he'll learn that now he's in the Premier League. You know, Pontus Shanson. He was playing against Pepe in the Portuguese League last season. He plays in the Copa America. He's come from Uruguay. Do you think he has not had horrific centre halves trying to like being like more 
horrific and displaying infinitely more shithousery than Pontus fucking Janssen. Do you know? It's Yoga Anderson, but... Yeah, oh well, Yoko Anderson, they're the same player. Who cares, right? It's the same difference. Um, yeah, same player. Basically, um, but the Pontus, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, but the point being, Andy, is that him coming into a new league, it's not an excuse. It's not like he hasn't come up against this treatment before. It, this is not new to him. He's probably frustrated with his own performance. His link-up play is terrible. His passing is terrible. His hold-up play is awful. And his movement is fantastic, but he can't do anything with it. There's a cross he like, drills into the keeper's hands when he's to try to whip his foot around it and pull it away from the keeper. And as Spiral says, that does does Diaz make that run if, if he's still on the pitch? I don't know. But it's an idiotic thing to do, and it's so out of character for a Liverpool player. That's the ninth red card in seven seasons under Klopp. You know, we're two games in. Have you concerns? I was so furious with him the other night. I was so furious with him. And you, you make the joke about me, me demanding the apology. And to be fair, right, okay, I... I'm generally quite rational. I will accept if I tweet something and I get an absolute backlash from it that I'm maybe wrong on it, okay? But I still can't accept that I'm wrong on this. I really can't. So I tweeted basically for, for people who are listening because I'm, I'm on private and you can't um, go on and look at it. I, I tweeted 10 a.m. the next morning, still seething, that basically Darwin Nunes owes the fans an apology. Um, and, I, and I will come on to all the, all the sort of things around it. Um because people were saying, oh, it's like Manchester United players own an apology. It's not, because they're own an apology about how their performances in the football pitch. Anyone can have a bad game in the football pitch. If Darwin Nunes missed four penalties and it ended one all, I would never demand an apology. Never, never, never. I was at uh, I was at Leicester with the Community Shield, and he missed a one-on-one, and he missed a big chance, and I chanted his name, and I chanted his name, and I will forever do that for every Liverpool player. But for somebody to do something that petulant and cost us two points, and I say that, of course, we don't know what would have happened if Nunes stayed in the pitch. We might have lost the game without that ignition of the atmosphere. Completely accept that. But let's say for one second he's cost us two points, sir. You look at, um, for example, I'm not going to remember the years here, but the year we get, uh, they get 98, we get 97. So they give up, what is that, 16 points that year? And then last year, they get 93, we get 92, so they give up 21. Now, you will give up some points this season via the other team being better. That will happen, even if they're not you know, the better team over the course of the season. Teams can have a good game. Maybe three or four teams will, will, will take maybe eight points off you, let's say, for being better. You will lose some points this season just purely through bad luck. Football is ran. It's 90 minutes. It's not a long time. And Things can happen, chances can be missed, and you can lose points purely out of bad luck. You can lose a couple of points off refereeing decisions. When you can lose so few points in a game, or sorry, in a season, for somebody to do that, to put their petulance ahead of the team, you know, Darwin Nunes headbutting him will have taken some energy out of, of his frustration, but to put that ahead of the team, when there's so you know little margin for error, I, can't, I actually can't believe people are, are are backing him on it or 
are um you know giving them a little bit of leeway it's not acceptable man it's really not you, you look back yeah like i get what you're i get what you're saying on two fronts there um and i i did i did the maths because i'm sad like that but maths yeah sorry maths but for where i come from it's the maths which sounds like you've got multiple you know I, I had to learn this as a maths teacher in england but yeah, from yeah. i get it it's fine right whatever the mathematics and i was kind of going on you can kind of afford to drop 16 points this year if you want to be really really sure 16 points so that gives we've you 98 dropped, doesn't it that gives you 98 so we've dropped 25 percent of that allowance if you want in the first 5.3 percent of games and if that ratio keeps up then you know <laughs> you're going the work but we've given ourselves so little room for error and yeah it's idiotic it's stupid i'm not going to make excuses for it it's moronic um he he reacts it's 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 suarez-esque you know it is it's balotelli-esque if you want yeah, Dave, I, I saw a tweet which was pretty spot on in the week which was if he's gonna act like suarez he better start fucking playing like him yeah yeah, well, there's that. So look, I, I don't know the 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 performance, Beryl. I don't know where you are with with with. I didn't with answer your question. Sorry, Dave. What I don't remember what it was. It was about beer, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Beryl, where are you? Where are you in the net? It's a stupid thing to do. We know it's cost us. You know. Can I can I can I make a really bit of basic analysis before Beryl talks? And it's like mm-hmm. the most bit of his most basic fucking. Uh, Graham Sunes, Sky Sports, better analysis you'll ever hear. Their centre half on Monday's five foot nine, and our massive fucking strikers out for three games. That's annoying. Yeah, it's it's massively annoying, and a a, a big pitch, them trying to play a high line and a, a press that doesn't work properly. You know, it was primed for them. It's really really frustrating. Um, but you know, anyway, Beryl. Nunez, it's a stupid thing to do. It's it's moronic. He better learn from it. He has to learn from it. He has to do better than that. There are standards that have to be set. And, you know, us doing things like not giving away fouls in stupid areas, not giving away corners, not giving away penalties, not like we've had, like basically, you know, the, the, it's, we, we practically win the fair play award every year. Yeah, isn't that right? Yeah. um, You know, I I haven't, uh, confirmed that we have won the fair play yeah, award. Yeah, I'm year. pretty sure we do. I'm pretty sure we yeah. do. But Nunez's performance, like, where where are you with his performances? Yeah, it's uh, I I really like the kid, and I I think um, you know uh, let uh, let me answer this with, with with a bit of a detour and and uh, you know give give Andy some time to to go to the toilet. Um, it's um. It, my last season as as a football player, as an amateur football player, let me let me let me be clear about this, was uh, a season in which I had eleven yellow cards and three red cards, and all of my three red cards, uh, yeah, you know, I, I come across maybe as a very calm and uh, rational man, but uh, you know, on the pitch I wasn't, and uh, and they were all stupid. Uh, you know, maybe one that wasn't because you know I I I talked with with the referee and I told him he was a big fat cunt, and uh, I, I'm sorry for uh, you know the curse word there, but um, uh, and and 
you know, I, I'm I'm pretty certain that Darwin Nunez, uh, the second that he uh, headbutted, and it wasn't the most violent headbutt that I have ever seen. He, you know, he reacted, and he was being stupid, and uh, and and he immediately knew that he was being stupid. And 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 Thomas Anderson, oh, no, no, Anderson, and the rest of his name, I don't care. Um, he um he goaded him into it and he uh Office. you know he <laughs> yeah let's call him that pontus anderson um <laughs> he uh you know he 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 was the 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 smarter guy i i i i generally you know the, 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 there's a game that i think of when uh when i think about how uh, how an older a slower player can 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 get the better of of a of a of a, of a uh, more competent, quicker player uh, who is younger uh, is uh, is a game. I, I think it was Tottenham Hotspur against uh, Borussia Dortmund, and Hakimi played uh, at Dortmund, and and he was playing against, and he's a very quick player, uh, a, a right uh, back, but you know a very you know. The, 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 a, a very uh, offensive right back, so you know more a, a right winger you could say. And he was playing against Jan Fortonga, who is very slow, who who always was very slow. But you know, uh, at 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 that age, he was even slower, but but very smart. And he goaded him into to making a mistake, and uh, and and that, that's what 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 gave uh, Tottenham Hotspur um, in, in, in two matches uh, even. Uh, gave them, uh, 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 you know, uh, I think it's the year that they went on and uh, to the final. I, I don't remember what happened in the final, but um, uh, you know, coming back to the question, I think Darwin Nunez has a, has a lot of potential, but you know, he's not the te- technically most gifted player at this moment. He is more technically gifted than we will ever be. But for uh, a professional player, uh, a football player, he, he is. Now, there's a lot he can learn, still learn. Uh, he's he's big. Um, uh, he's quick. Burl, he's there's there's, te- there's te- some words I feel, and I, I, as I've studied <laughs> a couple of languages, I feel like the yeah. English language is completely lacking in so much when yeah. I've learned French. But the one word that I choose to describe Nunez, which is so perfect, is raw. Like, <laughs> you know, in that film game, he comes on <laughs> and he, you know, the, the two goal involvement he has now he, he is very impactful aside from those, you know, the knockdown yeah. for new, uh, for Diaz, which you mentioned earlier and the, uh, you know, there's a couple of other moments, the back heel, which he misses. He's so impactful. But if you look at his two goal contributions, the, the goal and the assist, the goal, he fucks up that back heel, something shocking, you know, and it comes back onto him and it flies in. And then the assist is a shit touch. So I think like the the raw ingredients of being in the right place is pace is is par sort of are there to get him in those positions and once he nails the actual technical side of it, I think I, he could score more goals than this league's ever seen. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't know about how many goals he will score, but I, I think um, what, what you can see is 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 a kid who is very um, self conscious who. who um, uh, you know, most people here w- won't know, but you know, I, uh, I, I, I'm a researcher and, and, uh, the, the, the common ailment that we, we generally have is that we, 
with, that we find ourselves in in a position that we think uh, I'm an imposter here. I, you know, these are very smart people, and I should be yeah. here. What what if they find out that I'm not as smart as them? But you know, all of these people are thinking the same thing. And I think Darwin Nunez is someone who is on the pitch and who thinks, what the hell am I doing here? These people think that I'm a really good player, and they've paid lots of money for me, but. Maybe I'm not. I'm. I'm not as good as they think I am. And 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 yeah, but Beryl, but Beryl, you know, you saying that, and I've, I've, people have mentioned this to me in the last few days. But you know, it couldn't have started better for him. Yeah, he has the United game. He scores what four in the friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes on against City, scores and plays really well. Everybody's talking about they've never seen an impact like that from the bench and blah blah blah. He comes off the bench against Fulham to rescue the game, scores a goal, and I think Andy's being harsh, to be honest. I think he gets the flick right. It takes a bit of deflection. He doesn't touch the flick, Dave. He does touch the flick. He, not, he definitely does. He doesn't. Right. Cap um, David here. I mean, Dave. Sorry. Cool. It's fine. I, I, whatever is fine. He doesn't touch, uh, he not, doesn't not, touch not, the flick. Not Andrew. Dave. All right. What what was the the beer the, the beer in Holland that your nickname was? I can't even remember it because it was little beer, like little sense, is what you have right um, now. But anyway, the point. David, 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 he, he fuck he fucks up that back heel. But my my, but that's not. But you're taking that as criticism. It's not at all. It's like he's so involved, and I, I feel like when he came on that Fulham game, he only got about thirty minutes, but he had about seven massive chances. Whether that was setting yeah. somebody up, and he's he, you know he's even the one. There's there's like a ball to the back post where it's like such a percentage ball, like worse than Henderson. And from out of nowhere, he takes a touch and he ends up like it, it's cleared off the line. It's like, how the fuck did you? Yeah, it hasn't done yourself. It's not a criticism. Himself. It's just that he's so fucking awkward. And if no. he kneels that technical side of things. That, that was actually a very good pass by Elliot. Yeah, and, and it was and, a good uh, pass, Beryl, but like, fuck me, you don't expect right. yourself. So hold on, just, hold on just a second here. Beryl, the point is, right, mm-hmm. the point is, is that... Shall I mute and shut the fuck up, Dave? That was just, for, just for a couple of minutes, <laughs> this would be fine, right? So All right, okay. The, okay. the, the point, Beryl, is, is that you talk about his insecurity and maybe feeling like a fraud, whatever, and mm-hmm. I, you're right, we probably all felt like that, but you would have thought... That, and you can't obviously you crawl inside the guy's head and understand what's going in, going on in there. But you would have thought that he should have been going into that game full of confidence. Absolutely full of confidence. That those anxieties had been completely relieved. Um, guys, people chanting his name, people wanting him to start, people questioning why he didn't start. You know, two goals in, what, like 70 minutes or something like that. Um, yeah, but that, that's not how that works, right? Uh, but no, I, you know, I get it. I get it's not how I get that. But you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to regain some self belief in order to try and build that reassurance and that yeah, yeah. self. And I think he, he started. I, I thought he started really good. You know, uh, he he won lots of headers against this this Anderson type Pontus, uh, and um, uh, and. I I I, th- I thought he started really brightly, and then he missed one or two chances. One of them being the you know uh, the you know again really good movement and a really good pass by Elliot, and he finds him. And uh, I thought he would just hammer it, you know. Uh, but he I don't know exactly what he did, and I probably 
he he doesn't know as well. But you know, the the ball ends up against uh, the post, and 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 somehow they get it away. Um, and I, I, this is you know, and this is of course this is interpretation. But you know, if I look at it in his eyes, uh, I see the 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 the, the self consciousness. Um, the fact that he doubts himself, I, I saw it seeping back right in. And, um, and then there's the other chance that he's played on. And, and, you know, again, the movement is brilliant. And he gets this, this pass from, I, I think it's Salah in the end. And he should score. I, I, you know, let's be clear about this, but he should score, but he doesn't score. And, and, and it's like, you know, Ward gets it against his hand, but, you know, it's unclear if it was not a lot of replays, so you we couldn't see if 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 uh, VAR looked at it or or not. But uh, he he went on a, a lot about that, that that it would have been a handball. But um, again, he misses that chance, and I I I think you know Anderson just got it in his head, and and if he if he does this again, you know, then it's really stupid, and and then he hasn't learned from the, the this mistake. Um, uh, my hope is, and I, I really think that you know this is something that he will learn from, and and, and he will. Um, this is still a young kid. This um, uh, he will um, mature, uh, and uh, I, I have really high hopes for this kid. Uh, again, you know, just looking in his eyes, seeing uh, a good face, someone who is willing to to put on the graft to be a good football player, and and I think that that's all we we need. Uh, that's all you need in in, in general. Uh, uh, I would think you know there, there there's bags of talent there. He he has this, this massive body. He's quick, and the, and there is this uh, the modicum of, of of technical ability that you need. And you know all, all the rest is you know learning ability. Just learn from the mistakes that you made. Learn from uh, all these good players and these good coaches that you have around you. And uh, and and I I think he will be a massive success if. if if this happens and I, I have really high hopes that it will happen uh, hopefully you're right Beryl I'm not convinced myself but we'll step away from that Andy this one for me is really interesting and I'm, I'm just going to set you up here honestly I'm just going to roll it across the face of the box past the goalkeeper for you to tap it in well, but, you did that for the Nunez thing, and I spent 10 minutes calling him a disgrace and knocking on to your actual question, so be careful. Oh, I'm, I'm, absolute, I'm taking advantage of that right now. I'm <laughs> capitalising on I'm capitalizing on the moment. Um, loads of loads of abuses labelled at our midfield for not scoring enough, or not creating enough chances, not being creative enough, and blah, 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 and whatever, right? Um, we have started to develop, like, like an unhealthy habit of not just conceding goals, but going behind in games. And, you know, nobody can say that we haven't invested in the goalkeeper or the center half positions that can't be labeled at us anymore. Yeah. I get that Nat Phillips starts, um, but he's a fifth choice center half. You can't have someone, you know, Joe Gomez is going to lose his fucking mind soon. If he doesn't get a game, Never mind having someone, as good as him, if not better than him, sitting behind him. So, yeah. when, when, by, by when, the way, when when people talk about Phillips starting, you're not going to get a better fifth centre half than, than Phillips. No, not. absolutely. Most clubs don't even have a fifth centre half. They're, they're they're delving down into the you know 
the Reese Williams kind of. Most therapy. clubs will be playing the Bignon and dropping them back. Well, exactly. So um, we don't have an issue at centre half, and I don't want us to think about this game in isolation. But when are we going to start to talk about the midfield being an issue when it comes to being solid at keeping goals out from one end? Because surely their job is to support both ends of the pitch. And they get enough grief for not doing it at one end, but I think we kind of we kind of step away, maybe just because of how we are as football fans and want to see goals and it's all about attacking football, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's gotta come a time when we've got a question of the midfield doing what the back four or certainly the back two need them to do right now. Because I don't think that they are. So, Dave, on a couple of podcasts I've uh, chatted to you on, or maybe even the pre-pod, but probably a bit of both. You've mentioned the Guardiola quote about, uh, I would love, my dream one day is to play with 11 midfielders, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I've read Pep Landers' book, and obviously, like, me and him are best mates now. I've met him in that, so just, like, throwing that out there. But I, <laughs> I, I, I read a quote on early on in his book where he said, my dream is to play with two defenders and eight attackers. Now, when you look at the average positions of Trent and Robertson, you know, I certainly noticed Trent the other night basically playing number nine. And and when I look back at it, Robbo was pretty much doing the same thing. And then the other two in midfield, which was uh, on the night, it was, it was sorry, Milner and Elliott. They're very much playing between the lines of, of Palace's midfield and their defence. They're very much playing there. So if if there's a poor ball... You know, as as Phillips, to be fair, did plenty of. Although I thought he did all right. If there's a poor ball, you're stuck with Milner and Elliott far behind their midfield, and you know your only three defenders are Fabinho, uh, Virgil, and uh, and Phillips in that case, which I thought and was a massive fair, risk. What happened? For, and this is what happened for the penalty at Fulham as well. Yeah, 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 completely. And you know, people are giving giving Virgil criticism over the goal. I actually think the best thing you can do there is let him have the shot because if he commits, then Zaha can cut inside and has a much better chance of a goal. And, you know, for plenty of people, the ends justify the means. And because he scored, that means Virgil did badly. But, you know, Virgil could commit, get skinned, and Zaha could scout over the bar. It was still the wrong decision well, because the percentages bit, of the game. This is a very more subtle example of the the famed Sissoko running through on goal um, at Anfield, where... He just basically says, I'm not going to yes. let you pass it. You go ahead and shoot. Exactly. He's playing the percentages. He knows in his head, I can give him a 30% chance of scoring or a 65% yeah. chance of scoring. So, so the numbers I put at, uh, the numbers I put uh, on it were, when you look at the Zaha chance, if you freeze it just as about to shoot, XG's probably given that as between 0.05 and 0.1. Okay, so between a 1 in 20 and a 1 in 10 chance. And I think that's fair. Um, it's Henri-esque, the finish. Oh, it, it's 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 an amazing finish. I thought it at the time, and I thought it, um, you know, when I was talking about it. But let's let's just put an arbitrary number on it, and these numbers could could be completely false. And if someone's listening at home, they may think, well, the chance he tackles him is much higher than what you're saying, and the chance he finishes if he gets skinned is much lower than what you're saying. Like completely fair, but I'm gonna stick up for Virgil here. You know, let's say if he goes over, it's a 50-50 chance he makes the tackle and it's a 50-50 chance that Zaha cuts inside. Then, you know, if Zaha does cut inside, the goal goes from 1 in 20 to maybe 1 in 3. 
the position he's in there. Is that fair? From a central position um, where he's got inside. So, you know, you're talking yeah. about also... And also, he's already beaten the defender, so he has nothing else to worry about. Literally, exactly. Okay, so you go from a 5% chance, which I think if you... Well, let's say 10%. I think if you give Zaha that that chance um, 10 times, he scores one of them. It's a beautiful finish, but we've got the best goalkeeper in the world, and it's a really tangle. Okay, so let's say 1 in 10. That's maybe being generous. If he cuts inside... Well, first of all, there's a 50% chance he evades a tackle. So you've already lost 50% of that. And then that he scores is maybe one in three. So that leaves it as a, a what, a 17% chance if you round up. So you go from a 5% chance to a 17% chance. And for far too many people on Twitter, and I've referenced it a couple of times, for far too many people, the ends justify the means. There's a couple of times in that game where Nat Phillips crashes into a tackle on the halfway line and wins it. And the crowd massively get up for it. But in reality, you know, if he gets skinned there, is probably a goal. So has he done the right thing because the right thing has happened, or has he done the wrong thing and got away with it? You know, there's another there's there's another occasion where Nat Phillips does the right thing, jockeys him, and Eberichi as a sticks it in from 30 yards and curls it around him. It's still the right thing to do, but the wrong thing happened. I'm really sort of drunk. And I'm trying to make a point, but you know what I mean. The ends justify the means for so many people, whereas do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you're I making, think you're making more me. sense than uh, than than I've ever heard you. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, what was your question? Do you have to answer it like in in thirty seconds? Besides so the joke, basically, I think, I think it's, you're it's absolutely basically, right. Yeah, but take the centre half issues aside. There, if we're gonna give, if we're gonna label um, accountability at the midfield for not being creative enough, yeah, because they are supposed to be solid and defensive and protect the back four, etc. Surely, if we're conceding at the level that we are at the minute, we have got to start looking at the midfield issue from a defensive perspective, which nobody seems to be doing. Right. Fuck me. I deviated so far. Way, way you left right. the red okay. One, I've, I've started my timer on my phone, which I know you do as well, Dave, because you talk shit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've started it now. Um, so one minute, right. So I think the setup against Palace, I mentioned the thing about Pep Linders going like two and eight. In yeah, he started world. well. Yeah, but you, you look at you look at Trent and, and Robertson and, and Milner and Elliott in those positions, and I, I, you can sort of get it to look like that. Now, was it the best thing to do with Palace, who are probably one of the best teams outside of the top six on the break? I would say possibly not. But the structure of the midfield needs to be better because we can laugh all day and we can talk all day about how Sancho has been absolutely shite and how Rashford has been shite for two years and how Bruno, when he's playing in front of supporters, has been shite. But the one way to to regain their confidence is to give them space. So if you have eight players up the pitch and the ball breaks and it's four on two, Rashford's fucking dreaming there. Sancho's dreaming there. And if you give um, Bruno Fernandes, especially if, if Fabinho gets sucked over uh, the way he does for the goal the other night, to give him that space, he's dreaming there. So if there's one way to give them hope that they don't have right now, four of their players got hooked off at halftime against Brentford. Okay, they're absolutely in the doldrums mentally as well as physically. If you give them that hope, then you know you really are sort of in the mud. So I do think the midfield needs to be tighter compared to what it was because to me it was Fabinho in front of the back in front of the back two, and then Henderson and Elliott almost playing like number tens which is mad to say, but that's the way I saw it. And that can't happen against Manchester United because they're going to come out early. 
they're going to try and blitz us the way they did last year and we played around them. But we, we, we absolutely can't let them get that first goal because that, that stadium will ignite all the problems, but the owners will be forgotten and they'll come through and, 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 and you know, anything can happen in a, in a Manchester United Liverpool game as we saw, Dave, in all the years we were shite and United were brilliant. We could always still get a result there. Yeah, it, it is bizarre. It's bizarre. It's one of those weird, weird grounds. They're all, you know, I think, well, for me, for me, it's, it's a really bad individual error and I, and I really resent saying this and I nearly wasn't going to because I feel like our four listeners will think that I have like this Fabinho agenda, but he absolutely sells himself. Um, he comes across and tries to win the ball. As you said, Andy, what Phillips does, lunges into the tackle and misses it instead of just pushing him wide into Trent's path. And he should know better. Foul him. Because he's got the space of Anfield and Fabinho should have the, the nice to know that Milner and Elliot are up the pitch. Yeah. So I'll take my yellow here and we'll sort it out later. Yeah, but he shouldn't even, even be in a position where he has to take yellow. He was in a position where he had to take yellow and he still couldn't bring him down. So like, it's these, we play risk reward. It's very fine line to get that right, especially against a team that has that capability on the break. And Vriere was, was smart. He didn't play with the centre forward. Just play with a load of fast lads to get in behind, and it worked. So fair play. Beryl, um, look, Milner would don't expect to play. I wouldn't expect to play. I don't know. But is it now time for the latest cycle of Naby sick slash injured, Naby on the bench, Naby doesn't play, everybody wonders why, Naby gets dropped in for a big game, Naby masterclass, absolutely outstanding, plays three games, has a stinker, comes back in, is great, and gets injured again. Is this where we are now? Is it Naby for, for, for Monday night? Uh, I, you know, um, you know, before we, we slot in Naby, you know, and, and, and giving my take on, on the mistake, I think it was Fabinho's mistake, but I think Trent doesn't help him there. Trent comes back really, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, laconically, you know, it, it's, it's, um, not taking, would you say? Yeah, not, not taking the, the situation very seriously and, and, and not helping out Fabinho there. And, and Eze was, was brilliant against both of them, uh, uh all, all, all night, I thought. And, uh, he gets past both of them so easily and too easily. And there should be something there that, you know, one of them should stop him. Or foul him. Um, um, Nat Phillips sh- should pay more attention to the, you know, uh, w- where and 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 Zaha's movement is brilliant and his finishing is brilliant. But um, you know, the, there were at least four mistakes for, uh, for from us there. But you know, coming back to your question, um, is it Nabi time? You know, um, last time that we, we were at Old Trafford. Uh, he was having a, a field day until Pogba tried to um, take him out, and you know, he succeeded even in, tr- in taking him out. But you know, took himself out in, in the process. Um, I, I thought Elliot played well. I'm, I'm not sure all, both of you would agree, but I, I, I thought he was uh, he was you know our best midfield player, and not everything he did was uh, was good. But uh, I, I thought he was uh, uh, the best of the three, and he had lots of composure. 
you know, the type of composure that you would have expected from Milner in the first minute with his chance. But, uh, um, you know, he, he blasted it over, you know, someone who, who converts almost every penalty, um, you know, blasting it. Well, there was lots of time to do everything else, uh, you know, except blasting it. Um, so I, I, I thought Elliot had more composure all game than, 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 uh, Fabinho and, and Milner had. Or Henderson had, um, and uh, you know, I, I would, I would say Elliot should play again. You know, even you should look past uh, the results and should look past uh, the, um, even what will happen at Old Trafford and and think about you know what's the future of this team. And I, I think uh, Elliot has a has a major role to play in that, so he should play. I think. Uh, Fabinho hasn't been great since his latest uh, injury, and, and this is a trend from you know he, he never um, integrates easy, back in easily. Uh, he, he didn't integrate uh, in uh, you know the first time he came. Uh, famously, took him six six months to, to to get into the team, but you know once he was in the team, and I think uh, his best games are in Europe. Um, Maybe it's a motivational issue. I don't know, but um, I, still, I, I don't think Henderson is uh, is a viable option uh, in the six. I think his passing is very very good, but uh, there was one moment that uh, uh, Crystal Palace had a um, they they had a counter coming in from our left side, their right side, and. And the, the the pace in which uh, Henderson tried to recover was 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 dreadful. He was so slow, you know. He was probably carrying a, uh, some sort of injury because you know he, he he didn't play from the start. So, you know, that's probably a, a part of that problem. But um, uh, I I'm you know I I'm a, I'm a massive fan of 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 the the leadership qualities of of Henderson. Um, he has played a, a major role in us, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the last four seasons, all of those magnificent seasons, I, I would say, you know, except the COVID season um, in which no one had a good season. Um, but uh, it, it, it seems like he, he, his, um, his body isn't taking the, the 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 years very well. I don't know if this is a good way to put it, but he, he seems um, to lack speed and dynamism at this point. So I'm not sure I would play him. But who, who will be the third midfielder then? You know, you know it, it could be Keita, but uh, I I I don't trust Keita with. Um, the 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 left-sided midfield if if he has to do lots of of tracking back and 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 uh you know be be more defensively minded i, I don't know um he has had some some really great games um and he has had some really dreadful games so i'm i'm not really sure but you know i wouldn't play milner there i wouldn't play hendo uh left-sided midfielders <laughs> i don't know if there are uh, a lot of lots of alternatives so yeah, maybe it's his time again. I don't know, but we have a problem in midfield, and that much is obvious. Can I can I throw yeah. something in just dead quick, and I'll I'll put the question to both of you. 
um, because the two times I've seen Carvalho in the league, especially when I watched him live, where he was on for, albeit only 15 minutes the other night, I think he looks after the ball so, oh, he, so he, well. He catches that one in the volley that is in for all the world. And then but it's the exact not. same against Fulham. It's like it's it's a really good effort. And like Liverpool put, put a lot of um, emphasis on the second balls from set pieces. Yeah. And he's at two there, which are like very close to winning us four points this season. But even in general play, he's so good at looking after the ball. You know, he receives it in a tight area, and instead of the way sort of Diaz does sometimes, and he's a, like he's a bit he's a bit Coutinho, isn't he? He's a little bit Coutinho, but I think he's actually more intelligent. And I, I don't think he can. He's as technically good right now as Coutinho, no, but, he's, but, he's but I think he's more, more intelligent direct. than Coutinho. He's more direct. Um, but I but but Dave, I would have always said that Coutinho you know, wasn't a Klopp player. Like, if Jurgen Klopp took over Liverpool and Coutinho wasn't playing for them, he wouldn't have signed him. He signed her value. So I think there's a difference. I think there's similarity in style, but I think he's a lot more intelligent than Coutinho. And but in what position? Could, in, the, in the 10, for me, there's no chance Spiral for me, plays out wide, ever. What do, you, what do you mean the 10? We don't play with the 10. But I think no. we could in the future. So in 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 the sense that when he, when he gets Coutinho, Firmino, Mane and Salah, for a half a season, we play before we basically play before up front. Yeah, but listen, do you know what? See, see that. Um, Continue is is the third, the fourth midfielder. But generally, if you look at that, it's generally third, third midfielder. I think is fair enough. Sorry, that's what I mean. The third midfielder, but generally, it's three of the four, and predominantly, Continue is that left hand side attacker. The way. Kind of the way Iniesta used to play, yeah. Left hand side, completely different to the way Wijnaldum did when he came in to replace him. It was no, no, it was no, a no, sea no. change. No, Coutinho would have played left hand side of the front three, like Iniesta did early, early Barcelona days. More, you could be right, but I feel like he played midfield more than than he played. I don't know because if you think about like if you think about about the you know the the, the city goals he scores, they're, they're from that from that. Left hand side, when mm. we go there and hammer them, um, United uh, at Old Trafford when he scores that goal um, in the Europa League, it's from that side and play predominantly like left hand side of that of that yeah. three. Yeah, when Salah comes in, I mean, you know, six months later, but you know, we, we when find Salah out come, if you think he becomes a midfielder essentially when Salah comes in, but yeah. what does he leave eighteen months later? No, six and months later, six months later, I think. Six months later, but, yeah. But, but Dave, Dave what, what, the, the point I'm making to you, and I'll, I'll put this question to you, you'll just fucking take over hosting for a second because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, I'll put this Please to you. Yeah, because I, I know you enjoy sort of giving your opinion on it. So when Coutinho did play in that front four, which like the one that sticks in my head is that Spartak game where we need to, well, we need at least a point, don't we? We're at home. We're always going to get a point, but we win 7-0. I think Coutinho gets a hat-trick that night. Mm-hmm. He plays very much. You know, we played uh, Salamani Firmino, and we played Coutinho in the midfield. Now Coutinho was very much on the left hand side of that midfield. Yeah. And the way we talk about it, because I've talked to you about it before when, when we've been talking about the lineup for a game, the way we talk about it now, post Coutinho, is that the left hand side of midfield has to be like basically the Wijnaldum type player. So I remember mentioning to you that Curtis Jones should play there maybe. Um, and when we're talking about Henderson and Elliott, we always say, well, they're probably better on the right hand side. Could you see possibly this season, if we're playing 4-3-3, a little bit of a change in that where the left-hand side of midfield is either more attacking than the right-hand side or oh, is equally? 
it, it's possible. I think there's been a thing with the evolution of Trent and the the desire to create that kind of triumvirate three between Trent being pretty much like like an inside left, if you want, Salah and the third midfielder to try and gain those little kind of overloads out that side to to create runners with that that more advanced midfielder on the right hand side, which gives Trent that space. You see those runs from Henderson all the time and behind, and that's just giving Trent an extra few yards to be able to put his foot in the ball, get his head up, and deliver. So I don't know if that if that's a reason for it. I think also you know the continue thing. You're kind of accommodating them because do you want them on the left or do you want them on the right? You kind of want them cutting in from that left hand side onto that right foot. You know, classic Coutinho. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like the rest of the team has dictated the way that midfield works, particularly kind of Robertson being the player that he is, Salah being the player that he is. When Manny was out there, that relationship where he could kind of move inside but also stick wide um, and then obviously Trent being in that just creating the space for him uh, and that's why we signed Kanate you know so that he can he can do that thing where he basically plays right back and right side at centre half well I'll, I'll put a question to you both here which I think kind of encapsulates what I'm trying to say because I think I've said it fairly poorly so far Elliot is it, his position, are we all agreeing it's probably the right-hand side of the midfield because he doesn't have pace to play it wide? Are we all sort of happy yeah, with that? Yeah, but that's kind of the same sort of continual conundrum that you say, but he's so left-footed, but I th- so but, maybe, but the, Dave, maybe the right-hand side is best for him. But Dave, I think, the left was best for continue. But Dave, I think it's the Carvalho conundrum as well. So I think Carvalho is the exact same player on the left-hand side. Yeah, I don't think you can play both on the midfield three. Well, that was my exact question. So next season, when Carvalho sort of learnt the ropes of a Jurgen Klopp midfield, can you see next season... A Fabinho slash Anderson and then Carvalho Elliott midfield three is that some that's possible in your minds? I'm I'm not I I haven't seen Carvalho enough to know if you know Elliott isn't isn't uh, quick enough to play you know to be a, a Salah under study and and he yeah. should be I think he's a midfielder and he's a really good midfielder so you know he, he that that's his spot I I get that um, and you know I would like that. Um, I, I, I uh, strikes me more as a as as a real um, attacking midfielder, and I, I what I've seen from him now, until so far, I really like. I have to say, and I think uh, even at uh, you know the left wing, uh, the, the the role uh, coming in, uh, right footed left winger coming in, uh, I think he he does that really well. Um, if we play with two more. Um, defensive-minded midfielders and 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 a ten up uh, up top, you know, just just behind the striker, which you could do if you have the type of striker as Darwin Nunez, um, then he would be, you know, ideally suited for that. But you know, what then? What do you do with uh, with Elliot? I I don't know. Maybe he can adopt to a um, a, a role, uh, you know, deeper in in, in midfield. It, it, it could it could be. You know, I, I I would like to see it. You know, maybe not against Manchester United in a, in a in a in a stressful game, in which uh, 
you know, if they win it, they, they have three points and we have two points and, you know, uh, uh, their crisis becomes our crisis. So that wouldn't be fair, I, w- I would I would say. But and in, there are lots of games that maybe that would be an interesting uh, uh, thing to see if if um, and and it has something to do with how, how well uh, Fabinho is is doing um, as well. I, I would say and and Konate is you know the loss of Konate. We we it it, it wasn't a, a big panic when when we heard he was. Uh, he was injured, but uh, I think it's it's a bigger loss than we than we uh, than we thought, and in, 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 you know primarily. But um, it's it's you know all of these things add together, and if you have uh, a structure in which you can integrate uh, young players like that, um, it's 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 easier, and uh, we seem to lack that. There is, we, we again, we have a problem in midfield at this moment, and I, I don't think we could solve it by just chucking in some young, technically gifted players. I would like to see it, but not right now. That's fair. Yeah, it, it is fair. It is fair. Um, all right. Let's finish off, guys. Um, I know I said more United than, than Palace, but it, it's just... I've done zero United. Yeah, it's just turned into a complete free-for-all. They're fairly shit. I know we feel like we're a little web, but listen, they just went and got hammered four by Brentford, and it wasn't even like hammered four by Brentford. It was hammered four by Brentford in half an hour, and then Brentford just decided to take their foot off the gas. Um, so, look, Andy, um, we've had the Phillips thing that happened which, like, that's the one game, kind of one of the few games you don't want them playing in. There's plenty of games you'd be kind of happy enough. Yeah, but literally. It's, it's, it's the seventh worst game I would have I would have them in after the Yeah, do you know, it's, like, outside the top, outside the top, like, other Dave, four sides. The, the game but, that we played, um, you know, uh, in the COVID season, um, that we won there, and, you know, I, I I didn't even think we would win win there and the Phillips, uh, Phillips came on half time is that the one barrel three one yeah yeah I was yeah. I, I, you know that, that's what I was thinking uh, did, did Phillips play in that game you can you know I, I remember uh, Firmino being uh, Firmino sorry uh, being <laughs> being really good at the, in that game and and us winning there uh, when nobody expected but uh, didn't he play in that game Phillips he, he comes he, on at half time yeah yeah okay and and then you know Burnley. You know, yes, put him, yes, play him against Burnley. I know they, they're not in the Premier League anymore, but you know, games like that, play him against Newcastle or I don't know who else. You, you could have done with him. You could probably could have been happy enough with him even playing against Fulham with Mitrovic there. But like, that's not the game. Zaha, Eze, IU, all those other fast lads that are running about and they're just looking to, to isolate you and get them behind you. So. We've got that. Gomez, I thought, come on, did really well. Um, and, like, I, I just, I don't think I've ever wanted a player to succeed so much now, given what he's been through. Um, and then we've talked the midfield. Firmino looks as though he's back in training. That's probably going to be the only option up front. So, like, where is your 11? And I'm just going to throw in here, right, genuinely, is there is there an Andy Robertson form conversation that, people have just decided to maybe not talk about because they're not comfortable enough with it yet um not for me i think that he's still significantly more intelligent than costa simicus 
intelligence is kind of irrelevant if I'm talking about form. It's not though, because an an intelligent setter half just when he gets uh, the ball set for him, he crosses into the box if he feels he can put a good cross. Andy Robinson doesn't do that. He either does a cross or he cuts in field and he builds the play. And I feel like that's something when Robertson leaves that we're going to massively miss from him. That's only my opinion. I completely understand that the people love Simicast and you know when Robertson's not playing well. And like, listen, fuck me, Robertson, can he stop shooting, man? His shots are horrific. You know, like the the Bob Paisley uh, or is it Bill Shankly quote about put it in the net and we'll talk about your options later. Andy Robertson. Don't put it in the net and we'll talk about your options later. Like it's, it's shooting is genuinely as bad as I've probably ever seen. But I do think that we take for granted that he's a massively intelligent player and he builds a play really, really well for us. Um, and I would absolutely play him on, uh, on, on Monday night. Now that said, in a game like, for example, against Fulham, where the center of the play is massively congested, Costa Simicast should have come on a lot earlier than he did for me. If he was, if he was even on the bench, I'm not even sure if he was. Because the space was there, and Costa Simicast is better than Robertson at, at, at winging the ball in from basically the touchline. But I feel like Robertson definitely has to play this one. And uh, ju- just to give my 11 day quick, Dave, I would actually, if he's fit and if his head's in the right place, I'd play Fabinho, Keita, and Henderson. I'd play Elliot in the right, because I think his pressing will fit into that front three. I'd play Salah down the middle, and I'd play Diaz on the left. Oh, that's, that's wild. Okay. All really? Right. What, what? I'm interested to hear your team because I don't think I genuinely. I think that's probably the most conservative team you could play. Um. Okay. Unless you're Milner, I suppose. Oh, no, no, oh. Beryl. Just before I come to you, I just think the front three is wild. I, I just, I know for me, knows training, and I just do not see. A, so this is yours, as opposed to what you think the manager will go with. Yeah. If if it if it's mine, I'd probably go with um I probably go with the four two three one, but he's not done that since City in the COVID season. That that was yeah, that was during the injuries. That was personnel, I think. I don't yeah. think it I don't think it was. I think he could have actually played somebody else there, but he played Fabinho Henderson the two. And he played Jota Firmino, Manny and Sella up front. I wouldn't be averse to him playing Carvalho, Elliot, Sella and Diaz in some sort of formation up front because I think Fabinho and Henderson are more than capable in that midfield. Okay, I just I, I I think that I think midfield three will be I think it'll be Henderson, Fabinho, Naby. Um, I don't think Elliot. I disagree with Beryl. I don't think Elliot had a good game on Monday night. I think he was very good out of possession. I think really did. Yeah, genuinely. I think. Oh man. Too I, th- many. I, I, I think I, I agree with you out of possession. He's a club midfielder every every sort of step of the way. But I think he's technically magnificent. I think he's probably not, your technically best, best midfielder. I'm not saying he's not technically good. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is on Monday night against Palace, there were too many five and ten yard passes that didn't hit their mark. Um, he did miss a couple of them. I, I'm with it, you. It, it was more than a couple. And, you know, that for me... Particularly when you're playing against a team like Palace, you've got to be better than that. You've got to be safer with the ball. You know, you've got to be more sure of your pass. So that for me, underwhelmed. Some very, you know, uh, inventive passes created a couple of chances. Yes, but a bit of a liability, a bit of a liability. So I would maybe go with the Naby option. And I think 
I don't think there's a world in which if Firmino's fit, which he has been training this week, that he doesn't play. And the damage that Salah has done to them coming in from that that right-hand side against whether it be Luke Shaw or Alex Tellez or whatever other cabbage they're playing out there, you know, that that's where you're going to them. Yeah, it'll be shot. Dave, who are you playing in the middle? Firmino. But if he's not fit? Yes, he Fetty's been training during the week. He's, he's, he's trained. Right. Okay. Well, for, well, I think we're all playing for Mino if he's not fit. Or, uh, sorry, if he is fit. Um, if he's not fit, what would you do? Just out of, out of genuine interest, because that's a, a scenario that could rear its head and, you know, for Bournemouth and Newcastle. If he's not fit, I would. If he's not think, if he's not fit, I reckon Klopp would do a. Like a mad salad in the middle, Diaz right and Carvalho left. Yeah, I think that's possible. Burrell? Those three, but, uh, um, you know, I'm not sure about in, in what positions they play, but, you know, Carvalho could, could do the, the false nine role, but it, it, it is, uh, 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 you know, a big responsibility. It's, it's, it's the most difficult role to play, probably. Um, so yeah, he might, uh, yeah, I, I think you know Dave's right there. I, I think, but you know, yeah, if you play Diaz from the right, you, uh, you, you know, his eff- effectivity, his efficiency, his, you know, uh, how how well he plays. Let let you know. Let's be uh, uh, more simple in, in, in how I formulate it. But uh, uh, you know, would downgrade a, a lot. I think he, he's. You, know, you should play Diaz from from the left, but. The same goes probably for Cavallo. Um Yeah, and midfield. I I think uh, again. I think Elliot played really well. Um, you know, not as well as as I would would like to see a, a senior mid, midfielder play, but he isn't. So you know, the the, the, the mistakes that he made. I, I I I'm willing to give him that because you know he needs to learn it. And I I would play him again, and I would play him the next five six seven games if he's fit and 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 then we'll judge him uh that that's what i think and uh you you need to play fabinho as an anchor but you know tell him to play as an anchor um and 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 i'm pretty sure fabinho will play really well uh, especially if they if they try to, to to get at us uh, playing against you know people like Fernandez, I, I think they will play Donny van der Beek because they think uh, they need to press us. I think you know if we would have had Thiago, it would have been fun. Now it's maybe less fun. You know, uh, again maybe Keita could be fun, um, maybe not. Uh, not entirely sure, but I I, I would probably go with with uh, Fabinho, Keita, and uh, and Elliot. Uh, Beryl, I'll put this to yeah. you because because last year, uh, and this is something I, I wanted to say on my part as well. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, there's there's a lot of similarities between how kind of the media perception and their supporters' perception are coming into this game. Yeah. And it was a it was a similar sort of time. Last year was around October time, wasn't it? I would say it was a lot earlier, obviously. But their fans were really fuming about like the running stats and the pressing, um, and and like how much they sort of came toe to toe with us. And I feel for that game in October last year, they tried to come toe-to-toe with us the way Fulham did. We completely played around them. And obviously it ended up in a murdering. And I wonder, if, you know, 
Ten Hag's a dogmatic manager. He's he's worked under uh, Johan Cruyff before. He's not going to deviate from his principles. He's worked under Guardiola as well. He's worked under Guardiola as well. You know, so he's not going to deviate from his principles. He's not going to hoof the ball and play the way Palace did the other night. So if he is playing in the exact same way, do you think, you know, if they are going to try and start quickly with their supporters and with their kind of dogmatism from the manager, do you think it's best to fight fire with fire? Or do you think it's best to keep her structure for 20 minutes and then murder them after that when they've tired themselves out? Yeah, you know, the latter. And, 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 and don't forget in that game that we, uh, five nil it was. Yeah. Um, they had the first chance and, um, you're right. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, maybe if they score it, you know, the, the dynamics of the game changes and the, the psychology of the game changes. It, you know, it could have happened. It didn't because, you know, they, lack quality this is you know <laughs> simply the fact um i i, I think what, what we need to do is is stay calm and and pounce on their um uh you know uh, on their insecurities and and they have lots of them and and rightly so uh, i would add uh, i i don't think uh uh slab hat what what's his name mcguire will play uh, I think, think he'll do he will, Martinez and, and Bay. I, I think he will play Martinez in the midfield. That's what I think. Really? Yeah, that's what oh, I think. That would be interesting. Yeah, uh, and and I think he will play with um, uh, Varan and uh, if I don't know if Lindelof is is fit and uh, he would play him if he were fit. I think he is. Then then you know whatever uh, defender central defenders that he has. Um, not being Maguire, uh, is, is Bailly fit? I don't know. Um, he, he might be not fit as well. So I don't know what he will do, but I, I think he will play Martinez in midfield. Eric Bailly's less fit than fucking Nabi Keita. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't he? Yeah, it's someone who puts his body on the line and, and the line wins. Um, I, I, for people, for people living in Liverpool, I've basically discovered a place right by me, which is apparently really popular with Scottish people called the Beaglery on Chinatown. And I've had that for my lunch for four days in a row. And I feel like Eric Bailly is still less fit than me after that. <laughs> well, yeah, we could do a yeah, test. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a scientist. So, you know, um, we need to do a test and, you know, do both of you uh, on the same diet, etc. But, you know, uh, coming back to football, I, I, I don't know if, <laughs> if, if even De Gea will play. For fuck's sake, man. <laughs> Absolutely not, by the way. <laughs> and and um, you know, uh, Dave and me did, did the, uh, the 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 preview on on the season of of Manchester United, and I was, you know, slightly more optimistic for them than than they probably are right now. Um, I think Malasia is a really good le- uh, left back, but um, you know, they seem to lack some uh, some height. <laughs> Even with Maguire in there, um, so if you play Malasia and and Martinez uh, and, and and it's even rumored that they they want to take in uh, Sergino Dest uh, from Barcelona, which would be you know they would you know uh, I don't want to sound um, uh, you know le- 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 I, there would be a, a band of dwarfs, uh, uh, if I can say it like yeah, that. Yeah, that, like, like that is a thing. And I think that's something that we have done. Um, I think Klopp specifically has done 
over the years to make us like a massive side. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Um, you know, half the reason supposedly that he sold uh, or he loaned Benamino was the height of set pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Like he, he, he wants massive, big, massive physical bears, and it's fine. Like load, like that was Mourinho's thing as well. Like have big, big, massive players. That was even a Wenger thing. You know, so don't think that this is like something like agricultural Sean Dice. That was a Wenger thing. It's not a coincidence he had like fucking Emmanuel Petit and um, Patrick Vieira as his midfield too. He wasn't interested in the Claude Makaleli. Absolutely not. So look, lads, let's wrap it up. Um, yep. Yeah, so. Uh, Shall I give my 11? Yeah, give your uh, 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, uh, it, it obvious, uh, Alison Trent, uh, Virgil van Dijk, and, uh, and I think Robertson plays if he's fit. Yeah. Uh, who, who's the other defender? I hope it's, it's Matip. Gomez, Gomez, if he's fit. So, yeah, Matip, this is obviously. Thing, and this Matip is, is fit? I, I is there any chance of Matip being fit? Matip, uh, I looked at the, the length of injuries, um, of, and it's most people, I think Jod is kind of, Jota, um, Jota's start of September, Thiago's mid-September, I think is the way it works. He's the latest one. Matip is uh, unknown. Mm-hmm. As Joel, Matip's length of injuries always tend to be unknown. Yeah. Joel Matip's always out for two to three weeks for, for four months. Yep. Yeah, Joel Canate's Matip. not fit. No, I'm pretty sure it's Gomez, Van Dijk, nearly sure. Yeah, then, then it's Gomez. But, you know, uh, I thought Gomez played really well, uh, yeah. you know, in, yeah. the, in the short period that he had. But, you know, I, I would be fine with that. Um, uh, let it be Gomez. Midfield, again, Elliot and Fabinho and probably Keita then, but I'm not sure. Uh, and then Salah. Uh, and Firmino, if he's if he's fit, and otherwise it will be Cavallo and Diaz, and I think that's a team that could easily beat them. Um, what, what if Firmino's not injured? I don't know if I asked you that, Beryl, or I don't know if you asked yeah. that. Asked Dave. What if Firmino's um, what if Firmino's injured, sir? Yeah, yeah, no, no, Cavallo, no, no doubt. I think Dominic. there's no doubt about. You know, uh, as I said before, I, I I could see him twisted up. You know, him being uh, Jurgen Klopp. Um, in the sense that you know the, the the nine position is a very difficult position if you play the false yeah. nine type of role, and yeah, you could play with with, with Salah there, but yeah, why not try it? I, I would I would go for a Cavallo Cavallo in uh, in the nine position. So okay. Okay, just just to get my team dead quick, just to, like you know, Burrell's name was the players I'd have. If you're asking me right now, I'd play Elliot on the right. Um, and I'd play uh, Fabinho, Keita, Henderson, and Salah down the middle. My very close second would be a 4-2-3-1, Fabinho and Henderson in the midfield, Carvalho in the 10, um, Elliot in the right, Salah down the middle. So he's definitely not doing that second one because that's just not something that's going to happen. Um, I disagree. Because he does it at City, so he can do it against United. Look, I, I'm, has he done it since? No, but we, we didn't. Never. Uh, but they Never. were, but they even, were really good even nothing. when we had oh, Paisley, fucking hell. <laughs> man, listen, no, seriously. Yeah, I'm, I'm ju- I, no, I, I completely take your point. He hasn't done it from the start, Dave, but he's done it a hell of a lot of times in game. We, it's not as much as you think, and we have had the four, if not five, 
last season, the whole second half of last season, we had options of Firmino, injured a bit, in and out, but Firmino, Jota, Diaz, Mane, Salah, five. And not one of those occasions does he do a four. And I am telling you now, that is down to, if you go back to that game, that Man City game, and look at the options from the bench, it might make more sense that I think that that was just kind of perfect storm of, okay, I've kind of seen this before. I'm probably just going to try and get my best 11 on the pitch and reimagine that first game I had at the Etihad when it was like Firmino, Coutinho, Lalana, and somebody else attacking them and we hammered them four. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely think that that's all that it was. Um, otherwise, Mary. yeah. That that's fair, Dave. But if you're if you are playing two, who are your two? Two, but two what? Midfielders. If I'm playing two, if you're playing a two, if I'm playing the Henderson and Fabinho, if it's two, yeah, every day of the week, isn't it? Of course it is. But it's not going to be you, two. But but do you, but do you would you back those two to deal with what they have in the break? Because I well, fucking they don't have anything. They don't have anything in the break. Why would they not do that then? Why? <sighs> Look, they have think, Rashford and they have Sancho. So look, I think this they're, is, they're, all, they're I think, brilliant players, and if they have space, that will bring their confidence back. But I do think that Fabinho and Henderson is enough to do that. I really do. And Henderson and uh, sorry, Elliot come back from the right hand side has midfield tendencies, and I always think that from uh, you know formations like if Klopp and, and Pep Linders and the backroom staff listen to this, they'd laugh at us putting numbers and formations because it, it just doesn't work like that. But I do think that sort of Elliot coming back in transition will, will work up, work for that. I I agree with you. I don't think he'll do it. He hasn't done it for a while. I completely take those points. But it would not shock me if he did it. It would shock me massively. And the reason that I say that is that um, I think we underestimate the intricacies of how, how a structure of a football team is formed. And we can laugh about positions and blah, blah, blah. But there's a shape, and that shape is very much determined by where specific players play on the football pitch, and more importantly, what type of players they are. And we are, regardless of what anybody thinks, we are a 4-3-3 side with three, two very solid midfielders who are combative when the ball and understand their defensive responsibilities, and one that can do both. One that's attacking but has the discipline, yeah, understanding and endeavour to do both. That's and that's what we do. And if we go into a game, particularly a big game, we're not going to just throw caution to the wind and say, you know, we're going to change it for this game. We're going to do what we know best, do what we've been doing for the last five or six years. Um, so that's why I don't see it. So, yeah, no, I, I, no there, there's there's logic to what you say, 100 percent. But uh, as you say, a way to sit in the COVID system. It's uh, through the necessity of the injuries and the state of the squad. And I think right now, if you look at the state of the squad now compared to when it was before that game, you'd find a lot of similarities. So I wouldn't be shocked is all I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. All right, lads. Uh, Predictions, come on, let's go predictions. Come on. (laughs) The never-ending pod. They're all first predictions. 3-1 for us. Uh, 2-1, we'll go 2-0 up. And they'll get one back and it'll be dead nervy. But they'll, when you actually watch it back, they'll absolutely show fuck all. And we should have been worried about absolutely nothing. We'll win with too much. 
I actually think that this is our easiest game of the season so far. Um, and oh. well, man, it's Old Trafford. <laughs> it's Old Trafford. We did the numbers earlier. We've lost once there in the last. Seven, I think. You said two uh, and fifteen as well. It's two in the last fifteen, um, and you know, we talked about have they been at a lower point? Probably the last two or three times that we've played them, have they been at a lower point? No, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. And that but team, at, at the time, at the time of talking, at the time of talking in 2018, 2019, had they been at a lower point? No, and they still took points of us. So I'm scarred. And all of my negative behaviors in adulthood, Dave, in work, all the negative behaviors I have are entirely down to Sir Alex Ferguson scar my childhood. So I will yeah. absolutely never fucking count three points at Old Trafford. That's a lot of responsibility for Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh, it man. is. And I think Beryl and I can probably double that based on our, our age brackets. Um, but <laughs> I think the thing is, is listen, la- you've got the last You aren't the fucking same as me. The last, la- lads, the last three games is what, uh, 4 four nil at four Anfield, 5 nil at Anfield, and four two or 5 nil at, five nil at, um, Old, at Trafford. Old Trafford. We had the 4-2. The 4-2. Four four, two. Two. Those yeah. are the last three, those are the last three games, right? Yeah. And I actually think that 4-2 has a massive mental impact on Liverpool, because previously there was a mental block on Old Trafford, and there's not any more after that. Yeah, we, we lost in the FA Cup in that same season. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. And, and that, that is And that's one of the two losses against them in the last 15 matches. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're, what's that, scored 13 and conceded two in the last three games, they're brutal. So I'm going to go 4 0. Can I ask the last question or do you want me to ask it off, off pod? Because I don't know how long we've done it. Feels like about four hours. Like it's, a dead quick one. It is one hour and 40 minutes. Right. Can I ask you a dead quick question? Do you think Ten Hag deviates from his principles? Because if he doesn't, we murder them. And if he, does, if he does, they've got a chance. Does he play like Crystal Palace or does he absolutely stick dogmatically with his principles like Cruyff did? Because mm, if he doesn't... Can I just make a dead quick comparison? Do you he remember deviates when, from his principles the way Guardiola deviates from his principles. Do you remember when Rodgers first came in, first season, and we played Arsenal third game of the season, and they beat us to a little downfield, and they absolutely murdered us, and Rodgers stuck like profusely to his principles in that game? Does Ten Hag do the same, or is he influenced by the absolute fucking basket case of that club to try and get a result? Ten Hag is, a Beryl will probably tell you better than I, that yes, Ten he's Hag, actually yeah. the expert of all this fucking guy. Yeah. I forgot. He's Ten Hag, in, in my opinion, will be so. Uh, I don't. Stubborn's probably the wrong word, but so uh, headstrong and convicted in what he believes in. It's all he knows from a football person. He, he, you know, he's, he's Dutch. Yeah. He's grown up with the AX way. If he's, he's got, got that reassurance, Dave, if he's got that reassurance, if he's got the the people behind him saying you can lose the first six games and we back you to make something here. I genuinely don't know if Man United are giving him that. I don't know. Beryl, Beryl, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even think it would matter to the man if they say if they came to him and said if you lose against Liverpool, you're going to get sacked. 
he is not fucking budging, is he? Uh, you know, I think stubborn and headstrong are a really, really good uh, uh, characterizations of, of the man. So, yeah, he will try to play it the way he thinks he, it should be played. Um, and I, I have to reiterate, he, he is not from the Ajax way because he is not, he never played for Ajax. He never trained for Ajax before, you know, he became their head manager. But did, did Cruyff uh, he, not always have an impact in that club, Beryl? No. Yeah, on Ajax it did, but he yeah. never played there. He he but, is. But, but, his know, he wouldn't have stuck what eight years at Ajax if, if you know if he wasn't somehow aligned to that. I could be completely wrong. That's just the way I sort of viewed it. No, no, it's it's uh, I, you know that's what you would think uh, probably from the outside. But you know in the, the first two years, even uh, if he became champion and he did become champions with with Ajax, and you know it's it's pretty much a default. Uh, but uh, the, the 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 Amsterdam um, newspaper, uh, which is just no, yeah, the, the most important one is was always against him and always pointing out the fact that he isn't from Amsterdam. He is he is a peasant from you know where I am from uh, in the east of the Netherlands, closer to to Germany than than, than to Amsterdam. But you know, the, his philosophy of football is uh, aligns perfectly with with the, the IX way, and and that's why he was successful there. Um, you know, uh, aside from the fact that they have uh, much more money than all other teams combined, I, I would say. Um, but it, it is probably a pretty Dutch thing to think that you're always right, and you know, being um, over convinced about. Uh, your methods and and I don't think he will budge because. Sorry, can, can anyone just can anyone just check if Jay Reed has any Dutch relatives? Because I'm sure <laughs> there's a genetic coming down there. Jay, I love you. I'm only joking. Yeah, no, no, no. It's that's <laughs> as we, we, we will find out. But um, uh, I, I think in general, uh, you know, they they are very convinced of themselves and uh, about the, the the way they play football and uh, they they are proven. Right, you know, every every now and then, we could say, but yeah, I I think he w- he will compromise within his own margin. So I, th- I th- again, I think he will play Martinez in in midfield, just you know, in in front of the uh, his central defenders, which you know could combine to a, to a three man defense uh, when we have the ball. And, and and probably that that's the the best thing that he could do because you know uh, Martinez is very aggressive and very concentrated, but you know lacks obvious uh, things uh, as as height. Um, and and if they play that way and and we don't score and and I I think this is one of the most important things. Um, if if you look at uh, our form in in the last let's say 10 league games and maybe in the champions league final uh, is we, we don't score our, 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 you know, possible goals in the beginning of the game. And that, that, you know, last six games we've, we've conceded the first goal. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that that's a real problem and I don't know where that problem lies, but if you don't score, then you're more likely to, to, to not win. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, pretty logical thing to say. So yeah, if if we score early on, 
it, it could be the four nil that uh, that Dave uh, sees. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. I I don't think. Um, I I know uh, we know what uh, Ten Hag will do, and let's see what we will do. Dave, by the way, Dave Carm, when you're editing this, put that five minutes at the start of the podcast because it's the most insightful thing you'll ever get from this. And we talk absolute shite for an hour and 40 minutes and nobody wants to hear that. Put that at the fucking start because, like, fuck me. What have you done, Dave, an hour and 50? Yeah, yeah I'm just, uh, yeah, just, just delete the rest. Um, so listen, <laughs> listeners, if, listen, if you stuck with us this long through this basically drunken meandering through <laughs> our warped versions of what the fuck is happening with Liverpool Football Club right now. Um, yeah, fair play to you. Drop us a wee, uh, drop us a wee um, reply underneath the, the Twitter link, um, and we'll credit you in the next the next pod and toast because yeah, there's could have toasted loads of people tonight with the much has been drunk so until next time Beryl, Andy thanks very much um, up the let's please up the Danny Murphy Reds 